0: A Highline Podcast. We live in a complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies.
1: Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna.
0: I'm Kat Dwyer.
1: And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hi, it me, Stephen (laughs) Henning Um, (laughs) 1.0. The OG. OG. The OG. I am bringing the whiskey back to the Whiskey Bench. I liked the gin couch, but thank you. I'm here for the whiskey so <laughs> yes to be fair i almost did a gin drink again tonight Oof. and i thought oh i best not
0: yeah a little bit <laughs> For of the grand reunion idea. right yeah
1: like a phoenix rising from okay. i've made that joke before um uh definitely probably like on this show <laughs> on this podcast probably on the no normal people too uh um, ravel maybe it's just a useful joke. It's just funny if you just keep beating that dead horse, you know. Um, <laughs> man, you guys, I am so proud of this podcast. I was listening to, my raw milk brings all the regulation to the yard, which of course you hear it in the melody of the song. Yes, of course. Right. Oh my god, when you put that in art text chat, <laughs> <laughs> that was gold. I l- I laughed so hard out loud at my this very is, quiet desk at um, my office. Like, I'm, yeah, this is how my mind works. So, yeah, uh, this, interpret how you will. My this tracks how I state know of you. mind. I really appreciated the jokes, but my goodness, my friend Alex just came in clutch, didn't he? With all the clever segments, the guest shot, yes, Love the oh, guest that shot. was great. And the song, I listened to it. A, on my drive back to Billings over the weekend. and The drinking song. I love the confusion about, like, wait, do we drink at one or do we drink during the countdown? Or <laughs> <laughs> That was very good. It made me feel bad a little bit when he, he came in with all the compliments, too, and I'm like, oh, man, do I, I don't compliment my friends enough. Oh. Also, so you weren't I, present, so you didn't get any compliments. I know. Yeah, he came in. <laughs> Alex came in with the spicy takes, <laughs> just throwing me under the bus. Yeah. Pending 2.0 rolling in. <laughs> that was uh, such a blast, honestly. Alex, my guy, that was super fun. Can't wait to do it again. Oh my gosh, seriously. I like this thing we have where it's not, it was never planned, but this this idea of having like up, guest co-hosts because we're all in the same podcast network it's really fun to me i like you guys are going to make an appearance on ravel here in a couple mm-hmm. months that i'm very excited about That's i say you guys like i know it. torna's into it i don't know you it
0: <laughs> i totally am
1: sweet i just sweet.
0: haven't i haven't done the things i should do to sign up and make it a thing but, i haven't either uh, i mean this is, this is as
1: formal as it can get right right Hey, You're committed to it. Now we're live on. I'm the,
0: committed. Yeah, future. <laughs> we just
1: committed to one of the I'm co-hosts. happy to do it. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> so good. Um, in the interest, uh, legitimately, like sincerely, I did want to come with a compliment for you each because I loved the way Alex did it. And first of all, Kat, I wanted to echo like you are so articulate and like thoughtful with your takes. You, like of all my podcasting partners, you're the one who makes me think the most throughout the week after we have a conversation on Thursday. And I really appreciate that.
0: I thank you. That's that's quite a compliment and I appreciate it.
1: Mr. Torna. Especially coming from you too,
0: Henning. Sorry, because I'll just say uh, I think the feelings mutual there. You you make me think as well.
1: Mm. This is the time to reveal that we've never met each other in person i know but it? we're going to we actually planned it when we're in the, it. it's, we're in it's the, the on same the room henning yes
0: <laughs> this energy will be amazing yes. <laughs> it's on the calendar
1: the live whiskey bench coming to you soon <laughs> um mr torna i mean like you and i have known each other since freaking eighth grade so this mm-hmm. this doesn't re- i don't know there's part of me that is like i know i'm podcasting i see the wave form as i'm recording but at the same time this just feels like a conversation we would have had in the car on the way to calculus at 7 a.m. Yep. You know, and I, well, I calculus just, started at seven. So it would have been, Oh yeah. 615 well, in the yeah. car. <laughs> yeah 635. If Henning was pushing it because I was barely right. off and sleep in on accident, <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, we did it. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I like that. We can just keep this going, especially between Billings and Bozeman. I love I love what we have there we are I thought coming back the redux of Henning as it were (laughs) I do I I guess I do have a little bit of a segment to propose we were kind of texting back and forth and I was you know like we we have ideas in the hopper for future episodes and to be honest, a lot of the ideas just looked really daunting to me this week. And I'm like, man, we've been hitting heavy with like we you guys did regulation with Alex. We took on some pretty big name enlightenment thinkers mm-hmm. for a while. We also like deep dived just the surface of like systemic racism concepts and all that on and accident on <laughs> <Yeah>. accident, yes <laughs> totally
0: unprepared frankly yep. like, like, all of us but i think we talked some guns
1: yeah absolutely we mm-hmm. talked some guns and i thought we would i don't i don't know if this is going to lighten things up but i thought we would do an episode that i'm pitching to you guys we just call it the goods the goods the goods here's the goods here's Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to talk about things that are happening in the world, maybe even things that are happening in in our own lives that we just want to celebrate, or like headlines or articles that we want to be like, look at that, things are actually going well, because it's really easy to be stuck in, oof, the world is weird, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. But first, I, of course, am drinking my delicious 16-year-old Lagavulin Scotch whiskey. What are you two drinking? We are drinking a... Rob Roy,
2: which is a a variation
1: of a Manhattan. Hmm. So much like Henning tonight, we also are enjoying some scotch. In this Rob Roy, I've got basically one and three quarters an ounce of Macallan 12, because I didn't have any blended scotch, Um, a quarter ounce of Laphroaig 10 to give it a little bit of some extra peatiness. Yeah, give it the kick. I got one ounce of some delicious sweet vermouth, a few dashes of aromatic bitters, and uh garnished it off with a nice little uh, spritz of essential oils from a lemon peel and toss the peel in there. Boy, is it tasty.
0: It is. Yeah. Very tasty. I never had one of these before. It's a good sipping drink. It is. Mm-hmm.
1: Sounds lovely. These are classics. Would, I've, I've had a Rob
0: myself.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. On a cold
0: winter day.
1: Torna, I've heard a good rule of thumb for scotch is that if you're drinking it straight, either on the rocks or neat, mm-hmm. that you're going for a single malt, whereas a blended is typically reserved for a cocktail like yours tonight. Yeah. One is, you know, you've got a lot of times just a lot going on flavor-wise with single malts, which is great if you're just sipping it, but it kind of gets lost. The the deliciousness or the beauty of it kind of gets lost once it's thrown into a cocktail. Yeah. Um, The other thing is just, you know, it's expensive to be making cocktails with with single malts. Like, even my, you know, uh, Macallan 12 is... I mean, it's not a super cheap bottle, so I can get a good blended scotch for, you know, around thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. You can get like really, really sketchy blended scotch for a lot cheaper. But <laughs> I think I mentioned this before. If it comes in a plastic bottle, I I'm a little too bougie. I'm pretend I'm too I'm pretentious. That's a good rule so of thumb. I you appreciate it. Oh, you have. right, right, right. Uh thank you for the rebrand there, Kat. yeah And that's yeah. why and that's why a lot of drinks you'll just put a mist of like LaFroigne in it at the end. So you kind of get that it makes it extra smokier and it gives it the smell and, and you get that experience. Hmm. But then, you know, like with a penicillin, which we will have sooner than later, there's like three ounces ounces of scotch in it. So good gravy. You know, that's a six, hefty ounces drink. Good, six ounces of six ounces of good scotch for us in one night. Yeah. I'm poor. I can't afford, you know, six ounces of Macallan eighteen.
0: Well it's about time I <laughs> I contribute another another bottle of something to the
1: whatever you the want. Bench. If there's like a drinky one that has a weird ingredient, just All right. Look just be on the keep your mm. eyes peeled for something and there I'm you go. Into that.
0: I will say compliments to you, Torna. I never really drank whiskey mm-hmm. prior to joining the whiskey bench. Oddly. Yes. <laughs> um like at all I never ordered it and when people would ask me if I enjoyed whiskey I would always say oh it's too sweet I don't drink it
2: Mm. which now I realize
0: I was quite naive or just ignorant of (laughs) the ways of whiskey um but and even scotch like I million years ago on a drunken night had friends give me like a tour of scotch and it wasn't bad, but I wasn't impressed and mm-hmm. I wasn't hooked. I'm at a point now where like I would order a whiskey drink or I would order a scotch and sip on it at a bar. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd probably text you and be like, what should I get? But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> and be, be but- prepared to spend a lot on just a single shot. Yeah. Like, it's stupid. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I have really enjoyed the cocktails that you make. And I think learning the history makes it a little bit more enjoyable or interesting. It makes yeah. it more of an experience. Although
1: to be fair, I've been slacking on the history. Right. Well, some
0: sometimes the history is spotty. We had good history last week.
1: That's true. The history of the hanky panky was delicious. Chef's Yeah.
0: (laughs) The only female bartender to ever run that. Yeah. In like Savoy, the Savoy in 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 like nineteen oh three or something. Yeah. Yeah, Right on. Badass. I bet that woman has great stories. Probably had. Had. Yeah. Yeah. She's. We'll clarify. Be quite old (laughs) on this one. Yeah, if anyways, she was I an hope, adult
1: uh, she was an adult bartender in nineteen oh
2: three.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's
1: fair. She'd be, She's not she'd with be us peaking anymore. like hundred and fifty maybe today.
0: <laughs> She's yeah. seen a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Um but I hope folks who listen to the show have also branched out and tried some of the drinks, whether they make it themselves or they have decided to order it at a bar now that you know the name
1: yeah yeah exactly it's a lot less intimidating when you know what you're ordering you know yeah exactly also i've i was just thinking because i am helping someone develop some like coffee mocktails right now Mm. um for a little like speakeasy espresso bar that's going to launch in bozeman so they want to do some like cool specialty you know mocktails that are all coffee or kind of in that realm tea You know, we're thinking like a peanut butter and jelly coffee, maybe like huckleberry with peanuts and coffee, and then also like a tiramisu something that might have some form of like mascarpone cheese, um, as well as like coffee and maybe garnished with like lady fingers. And so holy moly, I was thinking it would be really fun to maybe offer some week some sort of cool mocktail for our listeners that maybe don't drink.
0: I have some mocktails.
1: You do. Mm -hmm. That'd be really fun. And Seedlip is a really cool company that makes non-alcoholic distilled spirits. And they're delicious. Wow. So they've got like the equivalent of like a citrusy gin. So it has all the botanicals that you would generally find in a gin, but it's just distilled with water. So it's like an infused essence. And they've got like a spiced one. They've got a citrus one. And they've got like a summer greens, which has like hints of like carrot and pea and like dandelion and... They make really good, it gives an opportunity to make really good non-alcoholic drinks.
0: I had no clue that such a thing existed. Yeah, and the story is
1: actually really cool. It was a young guy, about probably our age, that loved cocktails. His wife loved cocktails. And while she was pregnant, they could not find anywhere that had a good mocktail. So he ended up finding this old recipe book. And I want to say it was from like the late 1600s. That had all of these recipes for old school distilled botanical like tinctures, but Mm non-alcoholic. And so really it's kind of this, he just looked into history past and came up with this kind of this idea. And he started making it for his wife so they could drink cocktails together while she was pregnant. Which is adorable, by the way. Yeah. And then he ended up bottling it and I think he only made like a thousand bottles. You know, of like all the different flavors and he sold out in like a weekend driving around to bars and now he's launched this whole company. Out that's of amazing. It. So anyone that's listening that doesn't drink, but enjoys, you know, the idea or, or wants to kind of get into that culture a little bit, maybe hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or something and let me know if you're interested in that and I can try to come up with a cool mocktail.
0: Totally. What was the name of this company? Again? Seed lip. Seed lip.
1: Seed lip. One word.
0: Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, it's tasty. Wow, I wonder if those, if that, those tinctures are they considered a tincture? I don't
1: know technically what they're okay. considered.
0: Well, because a tincture, Generally. tincture is typically made with grain alcohol,
1: and then something that's actually soaked. This yeah. is actually distilled more like, okay. more like you know, it has botanicals and everything, but it's distilled in a column. But it's just water.
0: Well, I wonder if even still it has some like medicinal properties too, which would be really cool. Yeah, huh, that's fun. Well, my mocktails are not that, and we probably shouldn't even bother with them. But I like doing stuff with homemade kombucha, and Ooh. I mean, I guess it's mostly just like kombucha with citrus <laughs> and, <laughs> and herbs. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> so that's cool. So it's not really that exciting. But I make the kombucha, so there's that.
1: There you go. I'm getting better at it. Nice, awesome. I don't, Slowly. I don't know if this is anything, but I recently pitched to our friend Josh Unravel. I used to make when I worked at the Annex here in Billings, I used to make a muddled cilantro and lime iced Americano.
0: Oh, that sounds good.
1: Hella good. Hella I good. I don't like man. coffee, and that sounds good. It's <laughs> so good. Yes, with the, yeah, muddled cilantro with the lime juice. You leave mm. the, uh, yeah, leave the peel on the edge, like with the garnish, iced espresso. It was, uh, it's delicious. One of my proudest accidental. Inventions. <laughs> hey, you know what? I had, you know what? You know, you had mentioned we're going to kind of talk about just feel good, kind of happy news and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, man, it's the good. Kind of stoked. Summer really feels like it's hit. Like yeah. today yeah. was the day that it dawned on me that. Tell like, me about it. Summertime. 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Billings today. Yeah. It wasn't that hot here. Thank goodness. <laughs> but today was, today was awesome. I got up super early and was out working over at the airport, got stuff done pretty early in the morning. And then by like 10 o'clock, went and got breakfast at Storm Castle.
0: Oh, I love Storm Castle. Yes.
1: And Jeez. then shout out. I swung by the coffee shout shop out. and I had my first lemonade and espresso of the season. <laughs> yes. Which just feels totally like summer. You're doing what it. What did you have? It's just iced lemonade with espresso in it.
0: Dirty bastard. As opposed to <laughs> hot lemonade with that espresso in it. Is that what it's called? It? No, I don't it know. It sounds like a good name. <laughs>
1: The, actually, what would the happen if you just went to like a
0: bar that. and said, I'll take a dirty bastard?
1: Ooh, I bet it's a drink. It's got <laughs> That be, feels like <laughs> that a roll of the of dice. Game. That feels like a roll of the dice, though, doesn't it? It like, does those, <laughs> It's gonna be something with like all of Brian and I'm gonna hate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would, wait, so you don't like dirty martinis? Oh, I can't
1: do a dirty martini. Uh, Why would I like anyone, a clean martini anyway? When but... we do when we do the martini, the history of it's very interesting and it's, it's gonna talk be about dirty episode. bastard or bastardization. Dirty martinis disgusting filthy <laughs> yeah
0: Hmm. well okay oh, yes it is summer yes and that feels good yeah and my garden's like doing its thing nice and i'm like able to garden yeah Or like be in the garden and get dirty like every day at this point what do you have in your really garden nice so my i have like a medley of lettuces Radishes and beets and garlic that are coming up. I have French green beans that are starting to sprout. Yum. Um, and then I seeded zucchini squash, which will probably take over my whole garden bed. So I'm gonna have to like beat that back all summer. But it definitely does. You
1: almost need a its own bed for it. That's like sectioned away.
0: I know. I did that last year, and I don't know. I went a little rogue with my bed this year. We'll see what happens. But we'll just go crazy. Throw some mint in there. Right and just oh, let it. That. T- no, oh. the mint the mint is like segregated to a different part of the year. But the um and then and then I just like spur of the moment got starts of asparagus and um Hungarian sweet peppers. So I'm just so going for it. Sounds it's great. So good yeah. and herbs and wildflowers and cosmos, which I transplanted that don't look very happy, but we'll see. And then a cherry, a sunburst orange cherry tomato plant that. I'm in a battle of wills with this tomato plant at this Mm. point. And last year was this long, torturous process with tomatoes. And it's really hard to grow them here. And I've accepted that. And that tomato is either going to, like, get with the program and grow or (laughs) I'm going to throw them out. We we had a stern talk last weekend. So (laughs)
1: Shape up, mister.
0: I, I was like, I'm done bringing you in and out and pampering to you and, like, freaking out at the sign of your leaves. Like, figure it out. Yeah. Tough love. They are pretty needy. That's, is there
1: equivalence they? for plants? Is there as PETA like people for the ethical treatment of agri- I, I agriculture?
0: I fucking bet there is. Because
1: <laughs> someone called other PETA, agriculture PETA, because <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Tomatoes can be finicky. I have a grape tomato plant out on the back porch myself. He's doing pretty good. He's doing well. I'm not, I don't have to yell at him. No spankings yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you had good luck with that plant last year, didn't you, Honey?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The most I delicious saw the pictures of the harvest. Oh, the most delicious tomatoes that weren't that. None of them were like bigger than the end of my thumb, but they were so sweet and juicy, like yeah, nature's candy. It was. I named totally. the plant Tom. <laughs> it was Tom the tomato, and uh, nice. Okay, that was pretty nice. nice. Tom, Tom. I when I make a grocery
0: it. list, I called. I just put tomato. I abbreviate tomatoes to Toms. Toms. So yeah. Saying, yeah. Cukes. Pick up some toms.
1: Right. That sounds awesome. Well, and you saying you had asparagus reminds me that wild asparagus is starting to sprout, <laughs> which reminded me, where? Uh, I don't know where to find it, in Bozeman, but that Ditch reminds asparagus. me that it's definitely morel mushroom season. Like it's oh, word. It's kind it of almost the end of it. Exactly. And I just yeah. was thinking about that, and I was like, I missed morel season, probably. Bummer. Yeah. Which is a big rip, but big I like rip. making morel pasta. Go back pasta into. And...
0: Go back into the like. Par- canyons in Paradise Valley, like or the yeah, watersheds, like yeah. Deep Creek and stuff. There's that could be really good. Yeah, they're there. I've heard
1: that's good stuff. It's a good to know. Look at this. The beginning of the goods here. I had a quick throwaway that I mostly wanted to use as a joke. We don't have to discuss it much at all. But I saw <laughs> that um, former, former President Donald Trump is shutting down his own blog. He's canceling his own blog because of light traffic and low readership. And, oh,
0: uh, I thought he was just moving to a different no. platform. <laughs> oh, no.
1: <right>. no. <laughs> he might be. He might He's be. He's going to build his own platform and come back stronger than ever. He mentioned it in the. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah, huge. He mentioned uh, it in I the article. I kind of want to read it now. I didn't know he had a blog. He he <laughs> could have done a better job marketing it. It's called From the Desk of Donald Trump. And, uh, Dear Lord. I'm not sure you can find it anymore because, like oh, I said, if I can, I'm linking sh- it. Okay. From,
0: from the desk to the left of the. Pepsi button or whatever. button, Yeah, the Diet Coke Coke button. button.
1: Yes, with the (laughs) White House butler with the Diet Coke on the silver tray. Okay, so here's the thing I mostly wanted to riff on was can you imagine going from candidate Donald Trump to President Donald Trump and for four years being the most well-known name and the most listened-to person in the world and then having social media basically like you're grounded and you start a blog and then you're like well shit the blogs aren't that good compared to other <laughs> things <if> <laughs> I just like yeah i okay so if we're if we're being honest he probably gets more readership on his blog than we do listeners to whiskey bench however uh, we continue to do <laughs> whiskey bench just because it's fun you know like we're doing this because a we believe in it and b it's just fun to talk and fun to get our ideas like out amongst the three of us and then out into the world but like i can only imagine that sense of like sinking disappointment going from the most followed person on twitter to you're canceling your own blog i (laughs) there's just something poetically sad about it
0: I think he's pretty detached from reality, but this little tidbit of good from you, ending is making me wonder, what, what was the, the plight of the poor, probably meagerly paid intern of some sort that was his ghostwriter? Because there's no oh. way that guy was sitting down. Could you no. imagine those meetings? He probably no. had a ghostwriter come in, yeah. listen to his rambling, record it, likely, because <laughs> if he tried to take notes, it would be... Totally chaotic. Yeah. And then he had to take those Transcribe, rambling recordings yes. and turn that into something yes. and try to like strike the right tone. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Yes. Uh, That's probably why they closed it down. I bet all the ghostwriters quit.
1: Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Just, I guess, be looking for the Donald Trump like clubhouse, I guess. I don't know where he's going next. I know he has a, he has, he actually has a speech. What in, is it New Hampshire coming up? Where he actually gets mm. to speak for some Republican party thing, I I don't know. I hadn't yeah. mentioned it on the news this morning, but hmm, no, I haven't even heard. He of has that. a
0: stranglehold around the Republican Party, so he's not going anywhere. Well, right. yeah,
1: the but. freaking people made a gold statue of him for CPAC in February. Like, yeah, he has a stranglehold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was less like a golden calf and more like. A joke, I think, but I hear you. I see it. I'm like, that's a meme. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's
1: not. Maybe it's
0: real. (laughs) True. True.
1: Fair enough. You got me. Yeah. That was my. I don't know. That was my opener to the goods.
0: I have a good, but it could lead into like a very intense conversation. Oh. (laughs) Naturally, (laughs) I was like, I was laughing to myself today when I was preparing. I was like. Henning wants to keep this light, but my brain can't help but be like, well, <laughs> I'm like, going
1: this one direction. Let's, let's, keep it, let's keep it light. It can be light. I don't... want yeah, can be yeah. light. Because I, I want to get a rotation here. I, w- I would just want to call out Word. some good things, you know? Excellent. Yeah, but cap, totally. Your first contribution to the goods.
0: Okay. My only good is... Only? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've invested a lot of time in this good. Okay, okay. Do right. you
1: want? Do you want someone to go first so you don't use yours? Yes. Right at the beginning. My my. I've got like <laughs> I've got like two goods because I damn guys. have been consumed by crypto and yeah other things that we're going to be talking about. All but right. Did anyone see the story? Because it's definitely a happy story of the dad and his two kids that were fishing. In Florida and then for I don't exactly know what ended up happening but the little girl who was like four fell in and started to get swept away by a current so the dad dove in to save her and then they got pushed out to sea or out into the water and then the little boy got pushed out as well and um, only the little girl had a life vest on, so the dad was staying with the little girl, and the little boy swam without a life vest over an hour to shore. Oh my god! Wow And got
0: help, and then had his
1: yeah, and then father and, then, and sister yep, safe. Yep. Wow. And How he, old
0: was the little boy?
1: He was seven.
0: Oh my goodness! And he just
1: doggy paddled and floated on his back. That's what, what he said. Was he was smart do. little boy. Yeah. Oh my what a my good gosh. swimmer. Yeah. Seriously. So I was like, that's really cool.
0: That's amazing.
1: So everyone was safe. Wow. The goods. See, this is the goods.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. exciting.
1: Terrifying.
0: The poor, but that poor mother. <laughs> I can't oh imagine my gosh. What, yeah. Massive anxiety. But oh my good gosh. For all of them.
1: Very good. Hmm. I like it, Torna. Well, shall I go next? Because
0: yes. Cat has. Will just ostracize just me. It's just one. Big, sorry. Cat <laughs> has
1: one big good that apparently will become its own episode. So um, I just. I my mine feel really bite size and I have a lot of them, so maybe great. I'll take a couple here. The first one that I was just really excited about is I watched the uh, the dragon launch today that SpaceX did, um, Mm -hmm. taking new pieces up to the International Space Station, and I started looking up like SpaceX stats just because I'm like super excited about it. Like, I will never okay, I will never not be impressed that SpaceX can manage to land the first stage of their Falcon 9s on floating pieces of concrete in the middle of the ocean.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, Henning, I am so glad you just said that because I misread your tweet earlier, and I thought you said that you would never be impressed by that. And I was, like, just just passing through Twitter, and I was like, what the the hell? (laughs) Why not? I
1: would never not be
0: (laughs) I like it. I support it completely. Ah, Okay.
1: Um, so- Penning isn't an old frumpy man. No. <laughs> well, curmudgeonly like Drinking my whiskey like these stupid. <laughs> but like I want to be mad at you because this is taxpayers money that made you who you are but damn that's badass.
0: <laughs> well it's better less taxpayer money than NASA but
1: well, that's true. I'm
0: all for private space, but they do get a lot of public funding, but whatever.
1: Okay, right. well. No, but yeah, it's stinking cool. Some quick stats, sorry, and then I will ahead. read you a tweet that is speaking exactly to what you guys have some ire about. But first, some quick stats, mostly about launches and landings, just because those are the f- most fun parts, right? Um, their most launches in a single year was last year, of course, like mm-hmm. as their business is launching up. <laughs> uh, pun. 26 <laughs> launches last year. Dang most consecutive successful launches for space, SpaceX is 92 okay the most block 5 launches like for success so block 5 is like the newest iteration of the Falcon 9 first stage it uses mm-hmm. the uh the super fancy Merlin engines which burn liquid oxygen on ascent they're clocking in at 63 out of 63 success a hundred percent on this rocket really good yes please thank you spacex um most consecutive successful booster landings is 24 and today added a 25th to that these stats are outdated as of a couple a few hours ago but um and then booster landings overall they've managed to land 83 out of 94 attempts Wow. For 88.3. That's like almost an A grade. Mm-hmm. And the most flights for a single booster is 10. Like they've launched a single booster 10 times and landed it 10 that's times. That's incredible. And they're keeping it going. The majority of the landings have been on the barge. Of course, I still love you. Out on the ocean. The freaking ocean. Over 40 <laughs> landings on the barge um let's see the last one they've done something like a hundred i think 126 total missions um the vast majority of them have been falcon 9 falcon 1 right at the beginning had more failures than successes and then falcon heavy is actually performing pretty well but falcon 9 has had almost 120 successful missions and I'm just... It's
0: incredible. I'm just mm-hmm.
1: excited about it, you guys. We're living during this. This is crazy. Okay, so... Totally. Here's here's, <laughs> here's the tweet I wanted to read you. Bernie Sanders, of all people, also complaining about rich guys. He goes, Jeff Bezos is the richest guy on the planet. He's gotten $86 billion richer since the start of the COVID pandemic. Does he really need $10 billion from Congress for space ex- exploration? First company, Blue Origin. And, uh... Mm-hmm. uh this uh this employee out at nasa her name is emily calandrelli i should look up her bio but her tweet was i think bernie is going to be really upset when he learns that approximately 80 percent of nasa's budget has always gone to private companies
0: (laughs) (laughs) right contracting stuff out right right? and getting help building
1: stuff and (laughs) yeah huh
0: that's a great point
1: yeah i do i'm not a bernie fan pretty solid uh quick update on Emily Calandrelli. She has an Emmy-nominated science host uh, Netflix show called Wonder Lab that you can check out. Hmm. I'm trying to think. It might be the NASA. She's like kind of like a viral phenomena. Like she's kind of like a young, like hip
0: NASA scientist. NASA scientist yeah, right. Is I mean, that
1: the she's chick I'm thinking she's of? clocking hundred thousand followers. Right. Like 100,000. hundred thousand nine, you know, in the sphere of popularity isn't much, but, like, for a NASA scientist, that seems. Yeah, dude. Seems pretty good. What's up? So, anyway, that was was part of my I think
0: private space has a really valuable lesson to teach of the value of failure. Yes. And, like, the importance of failure in all natural processes and sort of, like, ecosystems. Right. Right? You know? Yeah. market failure is a natural phenomenon that like roots out malinvestment it's and like true. personal failure teaches you a lesson and like helps you choose a better direction and like it's important. And I know a lot of critics, sort of superficial critics of private space will say, will like to point out when SpaceX or what are some of the other ones? What's the- uh, Blue
1: Origin is Jeff Bezos' Blue, Blue company, Origin,
0: yeah. Right. And then there's a third, which I'm forgetting the name. But anyway, they. Uh,
1: Boeing does all sorts of stuff. They contract that a lot. They but contract that a lot. They've got a they've got yeah. department as well for, well, yeah. for private the, enterprise. Boeing has been contracted when, since like the Apollo program for. They're
0: Peace like, like the basically like, yeah. But anyway, whenever there are like failures, I know critics of private space like. To point those out it
1: was like the one random rocket failure that spacex had like a month ago people were just roasting oh
0: they roast it but like, the reality look at that
1: crappy rocket but you then, see it
0: blow up yeah You're and like, then you look uh, at nasa's record and like they have projects that have been on hold for decades because of the bureaucracy and it's like i'd rather have a lot of private like maybe some government grants but a lot of private investment mm-hmm. taking risk and through trial and error learning things rather than tax dollars going to a giant bureaucracy that really doesn't get much done. So I'm a big fan of private space.
1: We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back to our conversation. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James, for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. And thanks to Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, No Normal People.
0: And so his belly starts to descend and then I can extend rather, and I can hear his ribs cracking. And the skin splits and out comes, sorry, this is very visceral, isn't it, for yeah, <laughs> wow. some of your yeah. listeners. And, and this woman crawls out hmm. and crawls over him and into the waterhole and washes herself. And then I'm kind of, my eyes are kind of zooming in on her. And then she turns and she looks at me directly, <laughs> which is very unnerving in a dream. Yeah, Definitely, um,
1: yes.
2: And she
0: starts to float
2: towards
1: me. And now, back to our conversation. Well, and as far as long as we're talking about SpaceX, have you guys watched any of the Starship tests? I No. These are the huge, like, chrome ones that they've been launching on these tiny hops, and they're practicing, like, the the landing where basically the thing enters the atmosphere. This is the thing that's going to bring supplies to Mars in the plan. Mm. It's this rocket that, like, enters the atmosphere at, like, horizontally, like a space shuttle would come down into mm-hmm. the atmosphere and then right at the very end they fire these like highly precise mobile uh engines and flip it upright and land it like a Falcon 9. It's
0: the, the engineering is like mind-boggling. Yeah. It's, it's freaking <laughs> insane.
1: And ju- the yeah. last one they did, they successfully landed it after like 15 attempts. Here's the thing though, like everyone was really excited to just watch the explosions of the first the first ones they tried to land just because it's fun it's just fun to see things blow up right like
0: blowing shit up is fun, right (laughs) but then but then
1: they successfully land one and it doesn't in 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 my spheres of like looking at the news and twitter and stuff like didn't get nearly as much hype that they did it successfully everyone was just like dang it i didn't get another fireball yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like okay but like he they just they did it. They did the thing. It's very exciting to me. Yeah.
0: There's a um naturally I have a uh, interesting but scary tidbit to add to this. Oh, okay, fire away. <laughs> yeah. Which both of you are probably aware, but um the Chinese Communist Party's space program has been yes. um yes. launching their Long March 5 rocket Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be able to go to they're trying they want to build i believe their own space station um russia wants to leave the international space station and build their own as well right uh but anyways chinese communist Party's long march 5 rocket uh when that was launched and then re-entering orbit basically and i can't even begin to pretend to understand like the physics or the mechanics or why the why of this? But they don't have control over its landing. Yep, and so yep. it basically re-enters the atmosphere and like breaks apart and lands where it's going to land. And several yeah. years ago, one of their rockets landed on, I believe the, I think the west coast of Africa. I think I'm, I think that's accurate. Um, and literally just like rained down on some poor community and nobody gave a crap because it was some poor community and everyone could just kind of look the other way Mm -hmm. um this time uh and all of this is i mean the timing of it's insane right like it could a matter of seconds could change whether it lands on the african continent or the north american continent um and but there was concern initially that it might rain down over new york city and then it did not yeah
1: this is like last month Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was very. Yeah. Um,
0: But this is like a problem that John Batchelor, who I listen to regularly, has a few contributors that sort of speak to space technology and private space. And and then this issue and some of the experts he's had on have said, like, there are ways, obviously, to, like, mitigate that risk and to control your reentry. And it seems like the Chinese Communist Party is in an effort to like cut down on costs has basically put Lord. any community on the planet at risk. I don't give a shit. Anyway, it's just, yeah. it's insane. And so, and like these, like what happened last month is not the last time we're going to have to worry about this. No, And, and I, I
1: believe a yeah. few months prior, even a similar thing had happened in China and it ended up kill- killing, some people in a town in China where it rained down a bunch of burning shrapnel.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty gnarly. So there's so they're increasingly and as, you know, private space companies Mm -hmm. like SpaceX and Blue Origin like continue to reach those spheres like there's going to be. And if Russia really tries to leave the International Space Station, go it alone, like it'll be interesting to see sort of how regulation of space emerges Mm -hmm. because there's already treaties in place that probably. I think my understanding is would make what the Chinese Communist Party has done a, like they'd be breaking those treaties. Surprise, surprise. But anyway, what? there's probably gonna the going to be increased regulation. Chinese going back on some treaties? <laughs> <Right>. What? Unfathomable. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> Inconceivable, yeah. Crazy. Well, hey, Anyways. we have a Space
1: Force now, so we got that True. for us.
0: Although it has like no funding, I think. No, right. But anyway.
1: Anyway. All I know is people make fun of Space Force, but I think that's super hype. And I'm actually into that would it. Yeah, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know if people know how cool railguns are.
0: Railguns. Railguns. Railgun is
1: that's like the technology that we used in like space warfare. Oh, basically, you're launching a metal rod, a piece of metal, yeah. a metal rod that'll just like vaporize things because it's going so fast. <laughs> with no it's, usually it's done with like electromagnetics right because you can't have combustion you can't use traditional right yep hmm. trajectory methods in space yeah. right so it's, it's like basically a, just like an electromagnetic force that's <laughs> launching it's like it's almost like a modern cross it really is it, it just launching yeah. these huh. <laughs> enormous metal pins yeah
0: that's an interesting it's, re- concept. it's really intense. Huh. Has something like this actually been practiced? They, they,
1: they build them on Earth and shoot railguns, and okay, you can, you can watch videos on YouTube of. I bet Smarter Every Day has a video on. Also, shout out to Smarter Every Day. I love that channel. Um, nice. They, I'm sure he has a video on like railguns or something like that. Hmm. It's just fun, cool tech. So Sweet. yeah, wow. Space is wild. You know, I was just thinking we live in a time, or I should say, we are going to live in a time where space voyeurism is like a thing like people will just be able to go to space for the sake of going to space yep. yeah right so like it's possible that we could at some point like record an episode of whiskey pinch in space oh uh. <laughs> like, okay that's what that's our, in the realms of reality actually i think in a lifetime to go to space though uh <laughs> i don't yeah i mean it'd be the, there's a novelty to it but uh, there's other things i'd rather do but Uh, Yeah, it's in the realm of possibilities, I'd say, in our lifetime.
0: I think we're a couple decades out from it being a viable, affordable option. Mm -hmm. But that's not really not that far in the grand scheme of things. It's true. I think. As just a question, as a theoretical question, I would love to go to space. That would be cool. I'd like to look back down on Earth and I'd like to see what that Mm. feels like. I'm pretty sure you'd have a really existential. the spiritual yeah. aspect of our humanity would be like triggered, right? Like that would be really <laughs> the best
1: triggered ever. Sure. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but then the animal part of my brain is like, holy moly, that's my worst nightmare. I'm afraid of the ocean because I don't know what's in it. And like it's big and scary and beneath me. Space and is like the ocean,
1: but bigger and scarier. <laughs>
0: exactly. And it's just like, oh my and God. Colder. And I get claustrophobic and yep. like, it would just, I'd probably have a panic attack. Wait, listen, so. if you though. fall
1: in the ocean, you have a chance of surviving.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, actually, I was just reading. I subscribed to Stardate magazine, which I recommend that to like never anybody. never heard of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like some small publication that my Aunt Diana, love her, always subscribed to. And um, a couple years ago, she like gave me that as a birthday gift and has been re upping it, which is wonderful. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's cool, and it gives you, it just gives you, like, a good, it's uh, by, two months at a time. Is that bi-monthly? Yeah, bi-monthly. Yeah. And gives you kind of a rundown of what to look for in the sky, and gives you a cool sky map and all this stuff, but it also has really interesting stories of, like, things that are happening now and things that have happened in the past, and uh, in June, in Russia, in, like, the early 60s i want to say i wasn't prepared to talk about this so i don't have any of the facts but you can probably google it and figure it out yes. uh there was a mission to space i think they were trying well, i don't know anyway there were three russian not astronauts they have their own name for it but they like cross Cos- or something like Cos- that I mean, I swear <laughs> to God, it was something russian sounding not Cos- but anyways they cosmonauts uh, <laughs> Cosmonauts. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you, Henny. And, and, uh, but they had, there was like a slight leak in the cabin Mm -hmm. of their vessel, and none of them were wearing space space suits. Mm -hmm. And uh, they all died within like seconds. Yeah. And uh, as they were re entering the, the Earth's atmosphere, there was like no damage to the vessel, right? So, the Russians back at like, you know, whatever headquarters had no clue something was wrong until they opened the hatch oh. and everybody was dead.
1: Oh, Isn't that gnarly? Yeah, yeah. space and is And they not... want to make their own space station.
0: That's <laughs> 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 right, That was decades ago.
1: <laughs> space is not a forgiving Rusty's. environment. No. At, uh, no, okay. it's not. Right. That's right. Chernobyl, that event. <laughs> they don't have a track record for like. Big pieces of tech.
0: (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) true. Oh, man. I don't like
1: Russia. (laughs) Ufa. Let's
0: hope Putin isn't listening.
1: (laughs) Well, you know someone's listening after we titled an episode with raw milk. You know someone's listening Mm. now. Mm. Oh, Uh yeah.
0: Big Brother is definitely tuned in (laughs) now if he wasn't before. Like, just
1: a standing (laughs) Google search. Like, oh, raw milk. Somebody asking for it. Somebody advertising it. They're like, somebody, somebody. It's
0: probably USPS. (laughs)
1: They're like, we think this one might be shipping liquid, yeah, specifically raw milk. <laughs> raw milk, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's okay. good. Well, while we're on the topic oh, of gosh. space, I quickly want to cover another one. I found an article in the journal, the Wall Street Journal. Thank you. Oh, um, did you oh. get Wall Street Journal? No, I'm just a free oh. lurker. Oh. Um, nice.
0: I'm a free looker. Nice.
1: United Airlines is looking to purchase 15 supersonic planes by the end of the decade to start flying passengers Ooh. in. Cool. Wow, that's
0: cool. That is really so cool.
1: So the company oh. Boom Technology Incorporated, which, yes, thank you. If you're making supersonic planes, you have to, you have to call your Boom. company Boom.
0: Smart. Good morning. They hope to fly okay. a
1: scaled down prototype later this year. Or in early 2022, and then the full-sized 88-seat version, targeted to take its first flight in 2029.
0: Awesome! I don't. How old will we all be in 2029? Oh, eight. How old eight years now? from
1: now. What years? I'll is be 34. Ooh, I'll be yeah. I'll be 34. Eight years from now. Uh, <gasps> oh my god! Same. Yeah, I'll be 34. I'll be 38. 30- yeah, I'll be 38.
0: 38. So wow, here's, here's the thing. I, I'm four years older I, than you guys? Wow. Yeah. Oh. Aren't you turning A 30? gentleman never asks, yeah. so... Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> look,
1: look. No, 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 no.
0: I'm okay with it.
1: This is what... when <laughs> That was the reaction Mature adults <laughs> when they're asked... Mature adults when they're asked how old they are... Lie. Say... Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> happily <laughs> what their age is. Yeah. That's or I was 34 three years ago <laughs> or something like that. <laughs>
0: <Maybe>. <laughs> no i'm okay with turning 30 it's great everything's that's fine
1: that's good uh, everything's fine <laughs> yes absolutely <excellent. laughs> uh, now uh, okay i don't i don't know about you guys i am not interested in taking a private flight to space but you better believe Unless i'm I can, like on, walk on the moon or something you, yeah you better believe i'm on a supersonic passenger jet though yes the thing Yes. is designed to fly at 1.7 Mach 1.7 almost twice the speed of sound what? Oh Mach oh, so 1 14, is the speed of sound almost 1400 mi- wait yeah and that's 760 something miles an hour mm. Oh
0: what do normal like passenger jets fly at Hold on
1: let me ask normal. Mr Google Yep this is important <laughs> Excuse
0: me Mr Google <laughs> My dad, side note, my dad fucking hates Google and like what he calls tech holes, mm-hmm. but he also spends more time than probably anyone on the planet looking at Google Earth.
1: <laughs> Guys, what did I just say? The speed is, what did I say? Speed of 760? Yeah.
0: Something, yeah.
1: It's 767. Whoa, good work.
0: Accurate AF.
1: The typical cruising. I got these little oh. tidbits of random knowledge in my mind that sometimes.
0: Raw, raw milk and the speed yeah. of sound.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good uh let's see google is telling me the typical cruising airspeed for a long distance commercial passenger aircraft is approximately four. Oh, sorry nope 547 to 575 miles an hour
0: mm-hmm. so twice the speed of sound and the speed of sound is almost torn i take
1: almost so it'd be like 1200 miles an hour that's insane. Yeah. yeah yeah. i'm on that jet Cold i would noise. you could fly so from like california to new york and like what Two hours. Yeah. Actually, wow. let me get some stats because they they threw some extras. I hope that. Going to Europe. God. Two seconds.
0: That'd be really nice. Go from here to Boise in like two, five, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. All
1: right. So um, these planes capable of flying at Mach 1.7, that would allow the planned jet to reduce the flight time between London and United's hub in Newark, New Jersey to just three and a half hours from over six hours and cut the journey from mm-hmm. San Francisco to Tokyo to six hours from over 10. Ooh. Nice. Good wow.
0: work. Man, the demand for that will be insane. Instantly,
1: right? Like instantly yeah. people are going to be paying for, business, for those tickets. Like that. Yeah,
0: it'll be super expensive and then everyone will get in the game probably really quickly which is, and drive the cost Yeah, which
1: down. is why you buy 15 of them at a time. <laughs>
0: So let's invest in, what is this, who is Boom, doing it? Boom,
1: technology, and United Airlines.
0: United, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Throw a couple bucks their way, see Sweet. what happens by the time we're 40. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into it.
1: <laughs> Torna, do you have any more goods before Kat gets to? Uh, You know, I've been in a weird state of just like podcasting and reading and listening to interviews, so I haven't really been diving in the news too much. But I did see, I think this was a week ago, again in Florida, fun place, Um, (laughs) uh, some man had like a seizure while he was driving and wrecked his car, and it was engulfed in flames and smoke, and he couldn't get out, and there's a great video of a uh, police officer that was like, I don't know if he was just driving by or what, busted the window out, and they dragged him away from the car, and Hmm. I think he's, I think the man recovered, so that was nice to see.
0: Is that?
1: Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's, okay. Freaking local. There's been a lot of local, that's, co- that's local good. cop good hero. Though. There's been a yeah. lot of like exploding, <laughs> flaming cars in the news recently. Hmm. All over mm. the place. San Francisco.
0: That happened in San Francisco.
1: Uh, no. This another event happened in San Francisco. What
0: happened in San Francisco?
1: Uh, I think someone was like smoking meth in a car and it caught on fire. Naturally. Yep. <laughs> that sounds Oof, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just hating on
1: the hometown, huh? jeez
0: Meth is probably subsidized, too, by Daddy Newsom. Is <laughs> that liable?
1: I don't know what that is. That seems like a big claim.
0: <laughs> no, I just mean that the uh, state yeah. subsidizes, like, really I mean, they're subsidizing, uh, like, in quotes,
1: safe use of, like, fitness. Yeah, okay. So.
0: Right. They've done that for a long time. Yeah. They basically give, like... Here's their answer f- to the homeless crisis is instead of, like, mental health and... Probably, I mean, I can't pretend to know the solutions because mm-hmm. it's metastasized into kind of this like beast of a problem, but they they subsidize up, they create incentives yeah. to stay yeah. on the street. Yeah. Well, right? so. uh, to pivot Clean needles, condoms, to pi- cash.
1: To pivot this into some good news, there's a guy I follow on Twitter. I think his handle is T Wolf, and he's from San Francisco, and he's super involved in helping the homeless and trying to address the drug issue. And I don't know where he lies politically. It doesn't matter. He's super involved and he's super against what's going on there because just a few years ago, he was a drug addict on the streets dying hmm. and now he's turned his life around. He's gotten help. He's recovered and now he's returning the favor and trying to help these people and
0: God bless him. It's
1: been cool to watch him constantly active on twitter like getting people's awareness and yeah Yeah. talking to people and pretty cool and they're they're talking about good issues like i just heard it was just a short clip but talking to another man that was homeless that is now involved in you know helping drug abusers um addressing the house issue and the fact that they're just giving homeless people like free hotel rooms Um, and so right now (laughs) right now the push is to just build affordable housing Um. But, Which, well, not even affordable housing, just free housing. And yeah, so, but
0: at but at the cost of the taxpayer, some of these tiny homes that they're building yeah. that are literally like nothing more than like a shipping container yeah. are, I forget the exact number, but it's, it, they cost like something absurd, like, I don't know, like 80 grand to make each one. Oof. Whoa. I'll find something and like, put like, it in the show notes. <laughs> Maybe it's more than that. Yeah. What
1: All do you right. think? But he made a really good point because he's saying like, hey, it's really insulting to just try to hide the problem by pushing drug abusers and homeless people into housing to get them off mm. the street. When he's saying like, right now, you give these people a free hotel room and they're back on the street within a couple of weeks, mm. even though that house, is, that room is still available oh. to them. So he's like, this isn't going to help it. Like, let's figure out how to actually get to the root of the problem and make sure that these people aren't dying of drug overdoses. And because they're not going to want to live in a house, they're going to be back on the streets doing drugs. And that's, these are the people that have been there and living that and addressing the issue. So that, that I think, is, I mean, it's a sad problem that they're having, but it's cool that there's people with experience that
0: are addressing it. For sure. Um, I found an LA Times article yeah. very quickly. Five hundred and thirty one thousand dollars a unit. Ah, uh, yes. What? <laughs> Sounds a bit more accurate. <laughs> what? Yeah. And they're not like homes. Uh, That's disgusting. And well, give me that contract. Putting Seriously. them right and then putting putting homeless people in um uh, up in hotels was first started, I believe, during the pandemic mm-hmm. when all hotels were ordered to like were shut down, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and the question I kept having, and I haven't dug into this, I don't know if anyone's really reported on it, but like, who were the poor souls that were forced to continue to like, what service industries were forced to continue to clean and maintain Mm -hmm. those hotels? Yeah, right. And then not to mention like liability issues of the hotel owners. Right. But like, that likely just led to some of like the poorest among us. Working class having to clean up after like mm-hmm. meth users and anyways, yeah, nightmare situation. Oof. Not a solution. But I'm glad that there are people who have real experience. They're doing and it in a valid perspective who are trying to find an answer. That's so and God that's why that they
1: guy. belong in the goods. Cat, you're up now. Yes. It's your turn. You're one. <laughs> <laughs> Take us <it> home. <big>. Oh boy. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Well, my my good is. That the media and public officials have finally—I'm so glad you're bringing one this. One could argue been pressured yes. <laughs> <laughs> into investigating the true origin of COVID nineteen. Yep. And they are no longer dismissing the possibility of an accidental lab leak from the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology right, yep. as simply a conspiracy theory. It's now finally being taken seriously. Yep. Um, that to me is encouraging. I think it's. It's yet another sort of like very, very clear example of the media being blinded by their own personal agenda and biases. Um, hopefully, somehow they'll be held accountable and will reinstitute some sort of like <laughs> standards to operate by. Yeah. Do you um, think it takes, anyways, hopefully? Do you think
1: it takes executives and existing media companies to make that accountability or? I mean, I guess they hold such a huge part of market share like attention wise, but I don't know if we just see like new news outlets come out.
0: <laughs> I think it's I think it's a grassroots effort and I think it's people I mean, print media is already dying. Right. And right? mm-hmm. has been for a long time. And like the Trump sensationalism helped give them a lifeline for a mm-hmm. while. But that's over to some extent, largely. So I think um, I think competition from new new sources but which is that which is ultimately driven by market demand consumers don't want to be told unreliable mm-hmm. horse blank nice self censorship yes <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i censored myself there well, but um <laughs> i think it's a grassroots effort and i think people are increasingly realizing like i mean there's there's some polling on this that like it's sort of a shocking number of people you know, don't don't fully trust. Establishment, mainstream media, right. right? And certainly bipartisan lines, you know, if you're self-identified as a Democrat, you don't trust anything that comes out of Fox. And if you're self-identified as a Republican, you don't trust anything that comes out of MSNBC. And, and like, that dynamic is going, I think, to collapse in on yeah. itself. And um, I will
1: add, if you self-identify as a third party libertarian, you don't trust either of them <laughs> totally no, definitely yeah.
0: absolutely i mean yeah for sure i read both outlets with complete skepticism yep. Yep. right yep. it's you hard know? to so, to not yeah.
1: you know no. yeah that's really good to see that this is coming to light and it's frustrating because i since last year have been pretty adamant about seeing validity and the the truth behind the idea that it probably was made in the lab
0: well, Because hol-
1: people like Eric and Brett Weinstein, who I listen to a lot, over a year ago were talking about it, and they were ridiculed and mocked for it, and they held their ground because they presented it in a very good way. They said, look, here's, and they're, one's an evolutionary biologist, the other is some other sort of f- biologist, they've got a lot of experience researching viruses, and they're like, hey, this is, here's the genome, after they had actually got the genome of COVID-19, they're like, here are traits, and this is why we would think that this should not be ruled out. And they for months and months and months have been continuing to be like, why is the, why are, is media pushing that this is a conspiracy theory? And they've held their ground and now it's coming to light. And it's good to see people that have. Founded convictions, even when the narrative is saying otherwise.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, they don't cave to the pressure. Yeah. I will say, though, that it's not just a question of I mean, we, we, we don't know conclusively mm-hmm either direction right but it's not just a question of whether it was man-made right it's a question of whether there was an accident right at this lab and it leaked out
1: well and that was part of their conversation as well is just yeah looking at the history of uh laxed protocol or errors made especially right. in china when it comes to biosecurity yeah and like i said they were called all sorts of mean things. Um, but they held their ground, so it's really good to see. And there's a whole bunch of, uh, this is not good news or bad news. I won't get into it because there's not a lot of information leaked right now. But uh, I am super excited and giddy about to see uh, what's going to come to light about all of the, the COVID stuff as far as, like, lab and everything like that. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff that are going to be researched, and we'll see what happens, you know?
0: well, there's- And hopefully
1: some people will be held accountable if, you know,
0: well, it's interesting how the media uh, in the last like two weeks have kind of done an about face. Oh, yeah. And it's also really telling that they're largely their their reasoning or their rationale for for dismissing so quickly dismissing mm-hmm. the lab leak theory was. I mean, many of them, you know, have the NPR, wa- you know, Washington Post, New York Times. They basically said, well, Trump was. Arguing that it could be a lab leak So yeah and he said so many things that Weren't true that like why would we Take that seriously and to me that's like that's Fucking sloppy journalism uh, right yeah, like that's That's, that's absurd. not journalism at all yeah that's That's not a good excuse um But yeah it's encouraging That they've I guess Done an about face um it's also Interesting because Vanity Fair just Like yesterday I think uh, Came out with a very In-depth sort of expose About sort of what we know what we don't know and and a lot of evidence into sort of how there 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 was actively like a cover-up of or at least an effort to not to to squash any um inquiry into the lab leak theory like there very clearly was that that.
1: if we saw that like over a year ago
0: no for sure but there's like leaked there's interviews and leaked documents now of of like officials saying, like, telling the State Department, like, don't look into that. Yeah. You know? Um, And so it, it makes you wonder, like, did other journalists catch wind that this Vanity Fair story was coming out? And to cover their asses, they were like, maybe we should lend some, like, maybe we should, you know, there's enough evidence now to suggest that we can't just completely dismiss this mm, idea. And yeah. so we should, you know, protect our reputations by acknowledging that it is a possibility. Yeah. Um and we'll blame Trump in the process of why we had to like be unprofessional. But uh Eric anyway it's just- Eric,
1: I think it was Eric. Eric Weinstein who I just mentioned had a whole Twitter feed or a thread from I think like a week and a half ago concerning this mm-hmm. this flip. And he kinda he kinda lays into media and it's a pretty good thread. So if I can remember, I will link it because seriously guys, he's worth looking at
0: yeah um Um, and i think some of the sort of circumstantial evidence that's maybe worth noting and again it's circumstantial we don't know for sure but i'm this was my good because i'm just glad that we're now taking an honest look and and realizing like no we can't just have i mean even the who the world health organization after they're like completely bs investigation into the origin where the chinese communist party literally reviewed documents before anything was released <laughs> and they're like yeah but you didn't can't, allow them to look at certain yeah. evidence and and instructed other you know labs throughout china to destroy evidence i mean they thankfully even the people that were a part of that investigation some of them are coming out and saying like no that doesn't that didn't That doesn't cover it like Mm -hmm. we can't rely on this and a further further investigation is needed so that 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 is needed and we don't have a conclusive answer yet but i'm just glad that we're finally at a point where like we need we're honestly hopefully looking into this because that's how i mean more information the better to prevent the next pandemic right seriously um and some of the circumstantial evidence that i think is worth noting um they're definitely, as you mentioned, Torna. there definitely are serious concerns about the safety protocols in China's research labs. In 2018, U.S. officials were basically, one was from the embassy's consular of environment science and technology and health, and the other was from um, the U.S. consul general in Wuhan, wrote a memo to Washington basically saying, like, we have serious concerns about the safety protocols in these laboratories. Um, And. They had concern that there could be a lab accident. Additionally, there have like a lab leak is not impossible. There, the original SARS virus um, had accidentally leaked from the Chinese Institute of Virology um, in Beijing twice in the past like decade. Mm-hmm. So far, they've tested like loads of animals that would have been that were at the Hunan seafood market. None have tested positive for the virus. Well, we already discussed how the the World Health Organization investigation was basically like stonewalled by Chinese Communist Party authorities. So I don't think we can say anything from that is really valid or like conclusive. The Chinese Communist Party lied about the virus at the beginning, um, saying that it that there was there. There was no human to human transition possible or
1: Taiwan.
0: Yeah. Taiwan is Taiwan
1: been, in as early as like November of 2019. Yeah. Shut down yeah. and was like, uh, this is B.S., we have evidence that there is human-to-human transmission. Right. And they just quarantined and look at I mean they
0: And they've actually like, have a pretty good track record of managing yeah, the spread exactly. for a variety of reasons, but right. but like yeah, they've been completely blacklisted by the Chinese Communist Party and the World Health Organization has completely gone along with it. Well, and I feel pathetic. like the
1: World Health Organization's on a leash and Oh, Chi- they completely China's are. Holding them. Well, they completely are. <laughs> I
0: know, which is just disgusting and Raises questions about like whether so, we should be a part of it or not. So this brings um,
1: into a good point. Trying to take some positive of it is like when you look at. There is something to be said about being a responsible skeptic, mm-hmm. and that is when you look at people like or countries like Taiwan that stood their ground and told what was truth. At the cost of you know being ridiculed by China, which there's a long history of that, and then you know people like Brett and Eric and other. Credible people that hold their grand in truth. It doesn't matter. Jim
0: Garrity of National Review is one.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't always matter. Like, it doesn't matter what HWO is saying or what the CDC is saying. Like if you take into consideration the countercultural or the taboo opinions of credible people, there's value in that. And don't just take everything at face value.
0: Well, yeah. And I think it's also worth like... Between this and, like, the Russia collusion farce and a myriad of other things in between, there are so many countless examples of just, like, mob mentality and popular opinion sort of trumping reason and rationality. And Mm -hmm. it's really, really easy to succumb to that when... Every major institution is telling you, like, there's nothing to see here or this is this is wrong. And then they demonize you and you're a conspiracy theorist for thinking these things. And then eventually. The truth trickles out and people kind of do an about face. And I think, yeah, to your point, Torna, it's important to, like, maintain a healthy perspective of, of sort of skepticism mm-hmm. and to not just. Trust, frankly, the party line. I mean, this is this is politics dictating science, politics dictating news reporting, politics dictating our culture. And it's important, I think, to resist that, to use a popular term, and to maintain sort of our independent critical thinking. Yes.
1: And that's, I mean, towing party lines and looking at information that the government wants to put out. I always lean towards find the people, use your discretion on finding the people that have a track record of integrity
2: and expertise
1: and listen to those people.
0: Well, and also people who are saying, I don't have the answer but I'm asking important questions yes. and I'm going to see where my research takes me rather than people saying we can't ask those questions because yeah. that's stupid and wrong and somehow it's racist right. right like that's a red flag that those people are actually ignorant or ignorant intentionally or, trying yes. to yeah or, exactly yeah
1: there's malice intent there And
0: one last thing I'll just note because I have to Yeah The Trump administration the State Department under the Trump administration did have an investigation going, looking into the lab leak theory. As soon as Biden was sworn in, they shut down that investigation. Yes. And in the last week, with increased pressure and like media finally having to acknowledge that like this could be a possibility, he's now called on the international community to look into it. Which it's like, why don't we look in, look into it? Because right. there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot we could do here. Because yeah, yeah. frankly. Fauci potentially is
1: getting fired,
0: complicit in this. <laughs> Some wild certain stuff. think tanks like Eco Health Alliance is complicit uh, yep. in this, and um, there's a lot we could probably learn just by doing. You know, we're we're probably never going to get access to to records from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or you know, and, and a lot of those samples were were destroyed. Like mm-hmm. we know that, right? So there's there's a certain point where. Um, we'll probably meet a dead end in in our investigations, but there's pro- there I would think that there's a lot we could learn even at home if we took an honest look and really dug in yeah, I think so, um, so it'd be cool if the United States like took a leading role in that instead of deferring to the amorphous undefined international community, especially when like countries like Australia called for. An independent, honest investigation into the origin months ago, or I guess almost a year ago, and the Chinese Communist Party retaliated with like economic sanctions. So, you know, I don't know how much the international community—I don't know how much the international community can do. You know, like anyway, right. I think it's going to take more concentrated power and effort than that. But anyways, I'm glad we're at least talking about it. There's I my agree. good.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. Allow me to wrap up. On the, on the COVID, I'm glad you actually did talk about COVID a little bit, because my final one was, I was just going to read some stats going on in Montana for, for COVID. I'm looking at the active like, ARC GIS map. Total mm-hmm. doses of the vaccine administered is 818,000. We're at almost 400,000 Montanans fully immunized, and that's about 43% mm-hmm. cool. of our state population. Our case curve has dropped... Dramatically, I think we're averaging like our seven day average is like 79 new cases, which, yeah, if you look at the Montana curve, it's absolutely wild around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Just bananas. Yeah. Um, and now like. The worst county we're looking at, Cascade County, has one hundred and seventy seven active cases and four new today. Like. We're doing it. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. That's a good. I also wanted to highlight. So like you guys follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm not a huge fan of our governor here in this state, but I will say (laughs) that I wanted to applaud him basically for leading the nation in the back to work effort by canceling the $300 unemployment benefits from the feds. God Mm
0: -hmm. bless you, Henning.
1: Absolutely. Very excited about it. Um, so, totally. this article I'm reading from the Montana Free Press, and it was written May 4th. Basically, the move was to instead of let $300 a week go on in perpetuity, he signed a bill basically saying, We will give you a $1,200 back to work bonus, first come, first serve. That is, there's basically enough money to let like 70 to 80,000 people take advantage of that. So just Montana kind of leading the leading states back into this this work or back to work program. This was House Bill 632 here in the Montana legislature where they had the job of allocating two billion dollars in stimulus money from the American Rescue Plan. Yeah. And uh, they put in this back to work bonus, which basically allocated 15 million of that to fund this bonus.
0: Yeah, there's a few other states that are um, part of that stipulation is you have to like get a job and keep it yep. for a month, mm-hmm. which I think is important. And then and there are a few other I think I want to say Montana might have been like the first state to reject the additional three hundred dollar federal unemployment yeah, benefits. We were. Yep. But there are several other states. Yeah, there are several other states now who are who are following suit. And then there are other states like I think West Virginia now is using some of that federal stimulus money to to incentivize folks to get vaccinated. Um, and they're literally giving away like, there's like a million dollar lottery. Yep. There's yep. people are giving away like custom guns. They're giving away like hunting license, like tags mm-hmm. and licenses and all sorts of stuff. And I mean,
1: I don't know how I, I feel think it, about that. Well,
0: I think if you have, if like a state has this stupid pool of money that they have to do something with, I kind of like that creative approach.
1: Definitely. Versus. Well, it's almost like,
0: you know, I don't know. Like if you have to spend that money, then Mm, I kind of think that's a because otherwise you have a
1: surplus that the feds won't give you next time. You know,
0: (laughs) it's like the. Yeah. Which many other states, which. Yeah. Like tons of states like California was expecting to have or like were pitching why they need this (laughs) kind of federal assistance because they were going to have such a, you know, take such a blow to their their um. Their coffers because of COVID, and they've had a budget surplus, right? And now they're also getting like however many, you know, what is it? It's several hundred billion, I think, per state. Yeah, it's um,
1: crazy. But uh, so I so anyways, I, but yeah, some states I did are find the actual details. I wildly over remembered the number <laughs> of uh people. So um, it's a one time twelve hundred dollar payment, which. If you're doing the maths is equivalent to like four weeks of the federal version of it. It's enough to provide bonuses to 1, or, uh, twelve hundred or twelve thousand five hundred workers in Montana and will be available mm-hmm. through the end of October on a first come first serve basis, which I even like making that number low and really incentivizing like, go get a job then. If you want to take advantage of it, like get after it. I think yeah. that's great. totally creates the demand It'll
0: be interesting to see. Tomorrow, we're going to get um another jobs report. So it'll be interesting yes, to see. Yes, Jobs Friday. The first
1: one's off on. in, in
0: April, <laughs> yeah. In April, we only added 266,000 jobs, and there were 8.1 million jobs mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty terrible disparity. And I do think the extra federal unemployment benefits is a, is a disincentive to get back to work. And I think it's it's fair to say that that contributed to that disparity. Um, So it'll be interesting to see as the months go on and more and more states stop accepting that that extra benefit. Um, mm-hmm. I I would imagine we're going to end up seeing a disparity in, in mm-hmm. like unemployment rates between states yeah. more so than we're already than we're already seeing between like lockdown states and states that are still. Right. I did. I did mm-hmm. pull an article um, from
1: the journal as well. Updated this morning, June 3rd, 2021, jobless claims dropped to another pandemic low. Worker filings for initial jobless claims have dropped by 35 percent since late April adding to signs of a healing labor market. Let's see, we've fallen to 385,000 last week from a revised 405 from the week prior. Ooh. Yeah, so times. it's like a 20,000 cool. difference, but that number trending down is always good. And then the uh, Bureau sure. of Labor Statistics, I'm just looking at the basic unemployment rate from April 2019 to April 2021. You know, like we started 2019- hovering like just below four percent looks like we we're at like 3.5 april yep. of 2020 Historic yeah april low. of 2020 we had mm-hmm. hiked to almost 15 percent, and now we're just at 6.1 so yeah
0: yeah 14.8 was the height of the yep. pandemic mm-hmm. so it's trending in the right direction oh absolutely for sure we're on our way um and that's the beauty of federalism right like I love the fact that different states are are experimenting with, like, if we give a bonus for people to actually take and keep a job, like, will that create the right incentive, or or should we keep this extra unemployment benefit and like Mm -hmm. somehow that's going to incentivize people to? Yeah, that
1: that kind of incentive. Or
0: or is there a need for that, Mm -hmm. right? Or like, should we? Give away guns so people get vaccinated or like other places are like giving out just cash payments or it's just, it's kind of, it's cool. We're it's a good experiment stuff. and it's yeah. efficient too. Cause the real time we can try different things and we can have like pretty quick real time data on See their what effectiveness. Motivates. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully Which I, learn. I wanted
1: to bring that yeah. as my final good just because, um, Again, I'm not a huge fan of our governor, but the fact that our state was the first to do something like that, I was like, Oh yeah, Montana, mm-hmm. lead the pack. Look at us go. I was I was excited about it.
0: Totally. Yeah, it's common sense.
1: Absolutely. I guess in other goods, I bought a dishwasher. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh heck yeah. Get Hell after yeah.
0: it. No more purple apron and well, I mean I you can, can still you can wear it to yeah. load
1: the sucker. <laughs> I probably you could protect yourself from unwanted splashes. That's true. Um, Yeah, got the (laughs) got the
0: dishwasher going. Have you bought a vacuum? No, my Henning, My friend, my dear best friend Alicia Graziani. Shout shout out. out. She um she listened to. She must have listened to the episode because all of a sudden I got all these random text messages from her about like where I could find a good vacuum and like <laughs> QVC or something. And what that her was grandma some inception bought and stuff. It was really funny. I laugh. that's
1: so funny. My mother so loved she, that episode too. She has advice oh. for you. Oh, <laughs> of
0: oh. where you can go and Love get it. one. Oh,
1: okay. My mom was like, she loved, my mom thought it was hilarious. Cause she's like, everyone has a vacuum salesman story. At least I some do point now. In life. Yes. First time homeowner so and first time <laughs> verbally bludgeoned by a vacuum salesman. Yeah. Well, this yeah. has been great. Good to hear some good news in the world and have a fun discussion. It's always fun to, to as Henning like to say, something that, what do you always say, gives, gives me, the me juice? Gives me juice. Um, yes. So, <laughs> pretty stinking exciting. We, we decided tonight that we will soon be all hanging out and recording our first in person hangout. Yes, recording session <laughs> with all three of us. We're going to hang out, we're going to go out.
0: We're going to document this. Yes. Too.
1: I'm going to make some crazy breakfast for yeah. us.
0: Whole thing. We'll document Very our whole intimate. weekend.
1: Yeah. As far as we'll a, live
0: stream and live tweet the entire thing. As yes, long as we're doing shout outs
1: as well. Uh, I <laughs> I loved our text chat earlier this week when I asked, I asked you, Torna, like, hey, should should I cuss less on the show? And you're like, you know, my mom wouldn't mind. Um and even even now I'm feeling I'm feeling Fuck the effects it. and uh, I mean I've I've caught Kat a couple times self-censoring and uh, so shout out Mrs. Tornan for you. <laughs> We're taking it Goodness. easy. I haven't even mentioned it before. I don't I'm not here to no, censor anybody. I don't feel like you I are. I'm so against censorship.
0: I, <laughs> I, I frankly I didn't respond to that thread because I was like I don't want to hold myself nah, to anything you don't have to. but I did like I said Just less frivolous. In our yeah. Green energy, yeah. My green energy episode. I listened back to that. I was like, "Why the unnecessary f bombs?" So
1: sure, yeah. You know, that's
0: fair. I'll be a
1: yeah. Can't drop those on the news, cat. That's true. <laughs> you gotta get them out on the whiskey bench for
0: some reason? Question mark. Yeah. Why can't you? The news would
1: be so much more <laughs> fun to watch, wouldn't it? Though
0: it was. Yeah, could you imagine? Yeah. All right. My great. final
1: contribution to the oh, goods boy. this week is live music is back, and I am so excited for it my favorite i have tickets to three yeah, different dude, concerts my favorite band announced a tour nice. that i very much want to go to torna if you want to go see august burns red with me in salt lake or denver uh with fit yep. for king or for was it no wait era War. and like moths to flames yes oh
0: my god Metal. i was gonna send that to you but i
1: was like nah my boy already you knows about this concert i, I really guarantee it. it uh are you going washington or colorado sure. oh what if we go to denver and hang out with alex Oh, does phone he is like playing metal? Music. Alex, you want to come to a yeah, uh, likes, metal concert? He likes metal. He does.
0: <laughs> Primus is going to be in Montana in August. Yes. Yeah,
1: dude. Also, isn't it September? There's another concert, Wage War, right? That's going to be the zoo, the in zoo. Billings. Yes. Montana's holding a metal concert. <laughs> There's in a Billings. zoo here? In Billings. What? And by the way, guys, huh. come, come to it's the a zoo. great zoo. We
0: got a sloth I don't like though. zoos.
1: Billing Zoo is actually great. Kind okay. Of Talk sad. about the zoo, the goods though. We have a sloth, They're a very like cute sloth who doesn't know animals. All right. The sloth doesn't even know he's yeah. in a zoo. He works and moves so slow. Yeah. That that's fair. <laughs> hey, can we just, you know, <laughs> How how did sloth survive?
0: Special History. interest. Oh man, there's so <laughs> many creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Special interest. They've been subsidized Subsidized by the God subsidized himself. Free toad <laughs> sloth market. Subsid- Fucking specialist sloth Uh, subsidized. Okay.
1: Uh, They used to be great, man. There used to be 12 (laughs) foot tall sloths that would just like murder things. They used to be be fast. They used to (laughs) move at a pace that could keep up with anything else.
0: You know what's really impressive, though? crocodiles yeah those bastards haven't freaking changed dinosaurs
1: man freaking dinosaurs yeah
0: they are dinosaurs I went to the museum of the Rockies for the first time when my yeah. dad was out here they have an entire T-Rex skeleton what will you call it the whole skeleton yeah, dude. yeah. done up.
1: isn't it yep. Sue it idea. is Sue yeah it's like the famous one it's like the first found, found in Montana family. oh is that I right yeah. wow in
0: Montana found in Montana yeah. but I didn't know it was anyway it's incredible yeah yeah i was looking at the little uh crocodile corner and those things they have changed. no key
1: no all, all right well there it is Crikey. cheers my friends thanks for I the think whiskey that's bench. a beautiful time to end yes, it is. cheers <laughs> thank you for joining us on the whiskey bench if you would do us a favor please tell a friend about the show in person with a text or by sharing about it on social media you can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod.
0: And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty.
0: Highline Media Network. Normal people in normal places.
1: Hello, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm Stephen.
0: And I'm Dixie Lee. The internet didn't need another podcast interviewing the same famous
1: authors, artists, and thought leaders. Dixie, my friend Bailey educated me about a word called Sonder. And this is the realization that any stranger or passerby you see has a life equally complex, deep, and vibrant as your own. So join us every Tuesday as we talk to the normal people in our lives and hopefully inspire Sonder in yours.
0: No normal people. It's like Humans of New York, but a podcast, and in Montana.